You are listening to the postcast, the first postcast of the 2022-2023 NHL season. That is live postcast, and I'm joined by a special guest. It's Brennan from At Everyday Sends. I'm Brandon Pillar One from the Locked On Senators podcast. And look, it was the first Battle of Ontario. Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. The bright lights are on. The Sens lose their first game in Buffalo. Another disappointing loss, though, here, Brennan, as the Sens, they just cannot hold on as the Leafs had pressure on them all game. Drew ties it up late, but then Hall gets that greasy goal near the end, and the Leafs end up walking away with this one. Yeah, uh, Justin Hall scoring that goal tells you everything you need to know. That uh, that should yeah. not have happened, but... Yeah, they were on their heels all game. It was not a good performance at all. So I think there's a lot to clean up there, and they're uh, down 0-2 now. So not a lot of time here. Yeah, it's going to make the home opener uh, that much more of a big game, like down 0-2. And we've talked about it ad nauseum, how much this team cannot afford to have another bad start. Only four wins in the first like 20 games two years in a row. Already not looking good here. But I think this could also be a case of a lot of key players in new spots. I mean, you can even look at Pinto, a guy that wasn't around much. Sanderson is just getting used to the NHL. Although I thought um, this was a great game for Jake Sanderson. And DJ Smith is putting him in big situations at the end of games, starting off power plays. Uh, Brennan, I'll, I'll start with this. Uh, what was your vibe heading into this game? I know I was a little bit nervous. The, the Matt, classic Matt Murray uh, getting injured. He's on the LTIR, not just a minor tweak there. So that changed the whole out, uh, outlook of what this game is going to look like. But how did you feel heading into this one? I felt good. I mean, I thought they played a good game in Buffalo. Um, didn't get the win, but uh, they, they it was kind of the opposite of this game. Like they, yep. they took it to Buffalo a little bit. So um i was hoping they would get a little more chemistry going with those top two lines and that didn't seem to happen so going into it i felt good leaving it i feel a lot worse than i felt going in so i guess that's the best way to put it yeah this was uh it it seemed like toronto really held possession for most of the game but when ottawa did get in the ozone i thought they made uh, pretty good do with what they got like hit a couple posts Brady hit the post in a tough one. I thought Tyler Mott had a nice chance where he just swept that puck away and Samsonov wasn't quite ready for it. Uh, Giroux looked good once again. Thank goodness he at least was able to bang in that one and make it a close game right there at the end. How do you feel about uh, DJ Smith starting the on the show? We like to call it not the second power play unit because they're both pretty even. We call it uh, PP unit double A. It's the A unit and double A. So the one with Sanderson, Giroux, uh, Pinto, and uh, Debrinket and Tyler Mott. How do you feel about them getting the start uh, for the power play? Yeah, I, I prefer that unit so far anyway. Okay. Um, so yep. I, did a, I did a film study earlier today before the game. I looked at their power plays from the game against Buffalo. And uh, yeah, that top unit, I, I mean, they showed a lot last year, but I don't like you've got Alex to You've got Claude Giroux. These guys like you saw it. I mean, they make things happen and they didn't play a lot in the first game. But in my opinion, like I, I prefer them right now. Um, I'm starting to lean a little bit towards maybe trying to mix it up, though. I mean, I know they scored today, but um, I think there's some different opportunities there. And same with the, the top six lines, too. So. Yeah, and DJ, DJ has been moving things around a little bit. Uh, I mean, we we noticed that Branstrom had been paired with mm-hmm. Shabbat a couple times. Even at the end there with the goalie pull, that's, that was a duo that DJ Smith wanted to go with. And uh, I like that, uh, that power play unit as well, especially with the fact that 
I think in a lot of people's minds, they're thinking Dabrinkit is going to be the trigger guy, but Giroud is not hesitating at all to set up Pinto. I mean, what a release on that shot. That having, like, we kind of wanted Norris and Dabrinkit on the same unit in the offseason just to be like, all right, then you got two shooters on each side. They don't know who to cover, but Pinto is turning out to be quite an elite uh, sniper with that release. Yeah, and that bumper play was working. Just like in the preseason two against Montreal, they did the same thing. And he knows how to get open, Pinto. He finds just a second of space, and Giroud is the perfect guy to find him. Like, he he knows exactly when to pass it. And when teams start taking that away, then Dabrinkit's open. So then that cross team becomes open. You can pass to him, and he snipes it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next few games, but that should start to open up for Dabrinkit, too. Definitely. We, we saw a video of uh, Giroud working on that uh, cross-seam mm-hmm. pass to Dabrinkit on the power play uh, drill. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Now, there there were some positives from this game, but uh, ultimately they lose 3-2 here. Brendan, where, where did this game fall apart for you? What was kind of the main reason why the Senators weren't able to come away with the W here? I don't think there was even one specific thing. I just think they, they like, I, I would blame it on the system like I have been all night on Twitter. Like, they just don't own the puck. I don't know yeah. how you don't own the puck, but it's like Smith tells them to just get over the red line, fire it in, and go chase it, right? And, and then a good team like Toronto, their defense just picks it up, and they break it out quick. You don't even have time to get the puck on the forecheck. So in my opinion, like, they just need to own the puck more. They need to skate it through controlled entries. It's a big thing. And so far, it's it's not they're not doing that under DJ. So hopefully they can adjust, but that was my my big error today. Yeah, I, th- I think definitely you're seeing the glaring weak decor here uh, already. Even the, up against a team like Buffalo, you could kind of notice it. And then when you go up against a, a top-tier offensive team like Toronto, you're going to see that as well. But, Brendan, I really thought the biggest – or I, I thought the biggest strength would be, okay, Thomas Shabbat finally has the top partner on the right side and Artem Zub on this team at least – those two should be clicking. Those two should be doing really well. Like in my mind, it was almost like DJ's like, we're going to load that top D pair and they're going to play heavy minutes. And they have, but that's been the D chord that hasn't looked great, especially when you're looking at their uh, coursing numbers. I'm just looking at natural static here. And Tom Shabbat and Artem Zoo played 1845 together. And the Corsi four, you're sitting at 12, Corsi against at 28, good for 30%. Like, those are god-awful numbers to be giving up against a team like Toronto. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about that top pair not looking so great. But kind of the flip side to that is at least Jake Sanderson has looked good in the two games he's played. I thought he made a lot of kind of quick, smart plays. He's not going to make the highlight reel ones that you're going to see on SportsCenter over and over. But it's those smart, poised, kind of mature plays that he's able to do. Are you at all concerned about the top pair? And do you think maybe that's an area where DJ Smith will have to tinker a little bit more as well. I wouldn't say I'm concerned. I will say just about the Corsi numbers is that like, I just looked and they played the most against the Matthews line. So they played 10 minutes against that line at five V five and tough. Ottawa was matching with the Austin Watson fourth line against that line. So they were obviously, like, happy, yeah. in. <laughs> but um, I'm not concerned, but yeah, Shabbat, honestly, like I, Sanderson's looked better than him in two games, in my opinion, by a lot. Like Shabbat's just, he's not handling the puck. Well, his skating's a little off. He's turned it over a lot. Thought he played better tonight than he did against Buffalo. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind again, kind of like the whole lineup. I wouldn't mind them trying some different things if this continues. Cause if you lose to Boston at home in a packed building, you're down to zero and three. Now you got to win three games just to break even like that's a problem. That's not easy to do. So 
yeah, he's going to have to make some adjustments here soon. Yeah, especially if you go down in that game, then I believe, just loading the schedule here, I believe the next game is Washington. Like, that's not going to be an easy game either, at least to get Arizona on the weekend, uh, hopefully give you a, a bit of a break there. But that that could be a trap game too if it's uh, tough sledding for the Sens and they decide to ease up here. Um, I, I'm going to start off uh, with my Sen Central standout. It's a, it's a goalie-friendly show. I thought easily the best player for the Ottawa Senators, probably both nights, but especially this night, was Anton Forsberg. Like, this guy just really makes, at least me and probably fans and uh, players and DJ Smith, he really puts everyone at ease. And I find the best part of his game is his rebound control was on fire tonight. Like, he's catching pucks. He's freezing pucks. A couple ones, uh, a couple shots handcuffed him and he had to kind of squeeze it. But you know he's got it. And really, the, the goals that happened, like that, that Hall one at the end, I kind of blame the defensive uh, breakdown more than uh, Forsberg there because that's a bang-bang play. And then that Nylander shot, I mean, you could put Vasilevsky in net there if he has that time and space and picks the corner like that. There's no chance. So And then, and then a tip for the first goal. So really, none of those goals I put on Forsberg. And he did a really good job under pressure. So Forsberg's going to be my sense central standout. Uh, Brennan, who do you got tonight? Yeah, firstly, I do definitely agree with that. Like, nobody's really been giving love to Forsberg, but he's been yeah. really good again. Like, and he's oh. been, he was incredible since January. Like, he was yeah. phenomenal last season. Really, really good. Um, which makes it sting even more that they're losing these games because, like, he's giving them every chance to win, you know? Like, but anyways, uh, I'm going to go, there's a couple in this game. I'm going to go with Claude Giroux. Uh, I nice. think that goal, man, like, oh, I was so happy for three minutes right there. Like, Same. the, the yeah. celebration, he was so fired up in Toronto. It was awesome. He felt good. But he was making things happen aside from that, too. Like, he, he's been able to find Dabrinkit a little bit. Um, he, he's working hard defensively. He's transitioning well. He's not dumping it in and chasing it quite as much as a few other guys. So, um, the goal was kind of the cherry on top. But I'm hoping they can get going with Norris, too. But, yeah, Giroud was my guy tonight. Yeah, and I thought he had a tough start to the face-off game. Yeah. Like, the first two periods, it was brutal. Like, they were putting him out there in high-leverage situations, being like, we need to win this draw, and he would lose it. But then, come kind of the second half of the game, mid of the second period and the third period, he really ramped it up. And the, the Ottawa Senators, somehow, some way, actually end up winning the face-off battle here. I love talking about the face-off in the postcast but barely 51% to 49% but on the broad, broad uh, excuse me broadcast they were uh, saying at one point Ottawa only had 29% success rate in the dot so to bounce back and go up to 51% it's pretty damn good and shows you that near the end of the game the boys were really trying to win this game they were putting it all on the line and I thought we were heading to OT for sure like it felt like that especially like you mentioned that Drew goal I was I was out of my seat. I was yelling and screaming, and it was it was just quickly after the Nylander goal. So it kind of quieted the building, which needed to happen. But it's those momentum goals. Ross and I always talk about it on the show. If you score a goal within a minute or two after someone else scores, or at the start or end of a period, it can really burn you. Claude Giroux gets that momentum goal after Nylander, but the Leafs ultimately, they get the last laugh with the last momentum goal, just under two minutes left. How did you feel about the Ottawa Senators' strategy with uh, the net pull? Did you think they really had it uh, all, all together there and had a chance, or it didn't seem like it? I wasn't super happy with it. Same with last game. I didn't love it. Uh, I mean, yeah. Debrinkit wasn't even on the ice for the first, what, 30 seconds that they had the net pulled. Like, they, they had 
just not optimal lines. It kind of feels like at that point it's over. I didn't have a ton of faith there, but um, similar to uh, to just like what they've been doing at five v five when they have the the empty net, they can't get control of the puck. Yeah. They fire like what was it, fifteen seconds left, and they're firing into the corner, and and the Leafs just take it and clear it out. Like you can't just fire it in every time. You got to make some tape to tape passes and skate it. So uh, I don't know. So far, yeah, it's it's tough to watch them do that every time. But with the net pulled, not a lot of hope. Yeah, that's the thing. And that, like, the Ottawa Senators' power play is a seemingly strong point. So you would think the man advantage with uh, the goalie pull should also be good. But, yeah, I thought they had a hard time kind of getting set up. And Timmy, I didn't like uh, – he kind of just dumped it uh, with, like, 40 seconds, something like that. And maybe he went for a change after. But, like, if you've got the puck, I would rather him curl back and possess it and then allow the change because, yeah, then the Leafs got it. And Marner actually almost scored there. Shabbat mm-hmm. gets a good block to stop that, though. I, I think kind of a, a turning point for me in this game, though, was um, that that Nylander goal. I'm just looking at my notes. And it, it was tough because they almost get the puck out of the zone there. And I absolutely loathe Mitch Marner and so many different plays this game. I was ready to pull my hair out. I just cannot stand the guy, but I got to give him stick taps. He battled hard there. He out battles Josh Norris along the boards and just barely holds that puck in. And then Matthews gets it over to Nylander and they finish it off. Like that's a pivotal play. I know football is the game of inches, but right there, that's a game of inches. If Josh Norris is able to out muscle Mitch Marner and get that puck out, and then they have to all clear and it uh, doesn't stay in the ozone. That really changes. Was there any pivotal moments for you where you thought uh, really changed the game here? I would agree with you on that one. I think that that just is like, it defines the whole game. The Sens were just yeah. out battled. Like even yeah. the, like I noticed Abe Kubel a bunch of times too, in the fourth line for Toronto, just they were playing keep away. They were winning the battles along the wall. It, it's, and that's tough. Cause that's where DJ Smith hockey is supposed to shine is in those yeah, battles. But exactly. um, yeah, I agree with you there. I think that was really the main turning point. Um, and then specific moments again, I don't, I can't remember a whole lot that like, were specific but just overall i thought the puck possession was the biggest thing yeah there was a lot of moments where the leafs had them hemmed in their own end and long shifts and you just can't get the clear and maybe they didn't score on a lot of those i mean holding them to three goals was pretty good when you consider the puck possession stats but it's tiring down those players like the guys like shabbat that are playing big minutes and when you have stacked on stacked on minute and a half two minute shifts it really starts to wear down on you. And we're only on game two of 82 here. So that'll be interesting. But for a quick positive note before we wrap up here, speaking of game two, your Belleville Senators beat the Laval Rocket. I believe it was 6-3. So you love to see at least the boys get up to a 2 nothing start and the good people of Bay of Quinty at CAA Arena uh, stay undefeated day. That's a nice look at least, right? It is for sure. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't gotten to watch those games, but uh, at least that's a bright spot. I mean, maybe we'll see some of those prospects called up here and uh, I'm sure injuries will set in at some point. So build some confidence there at least. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm trying to grab some sort of positive here, Brennan. I'm, I'm grasping. I'm switching leagues here and pulling some positivity from Belleville. But the good thing is there's a long season ahead. It's only game two. And it's not like the Sens got blown out either of those games. Sure, the 4-1 looks bad, but those two empty netters were pretty cheeky and even some long shots that go in. So, And then they, they barely, barely lose it to the Leafs at the end here. We're hoping there's going to be a bright spot for the home opener Tuesday in Ottawa at the CTC. I'm going to be there. Brandon, are you going to the home opener? 
I'm not. I can't go do it, unfortunately. But I will be covering it with clips from home. So there you ah, go. Ah, <laughs> damn. Well, you know what? That's actually good because the other people that couldn't make it, they need your work so that they can follow along the game properly. And uh, now that you mentioned it, Brendan, give yourself a shameless plug. Where can people find your work? Yeah, just at Everyday Sends on, on Twitter and Instagram and then EverydaySends.com. Doing a lot of work on the website. Got some big things planned. I was talking about it the other day. I've uh, yeah, I've got some big plans in store, but uh, it's going to be a little bit. But just the support everybody's given me is awesome. So hopefully we can back it with a good season here. Don't get into too big of a hole and, and get some positivity going. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Everybody, if you're not already, what are you doing? But go follow Everyday Sends because he puts out some of the best clips along with our boy, Liam's Martian. But you get graphics. Check out his website. So much good stuff. Thanks for joining, Brendan. This was a disappointing loss but it was fun to get back in the swing of things with the postcast everybody in the chat we've had about over 100 people here the whole time so it's been good hanging out with you guys hopefully we got better vibes i was gonna say next postcast but uh they're prop i mean (laughs) see how things go probably won't be a postcast uh with ross and i at the home opener but i can tell you there will be an episode on monday and then i'm gonna be making the drive up to ottawa from the blue mountains so fired up for that For tonight, thanks for joining, guys. This has been another edition of the Postcast for myself, Brandon Piller, for Brennan at Everyday Sends. Have a good night. It's a Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.